up, everybody? Welcome back to the Underdogs Podcast. We're on to episode number 24 now. If you're watching us now, it means you just finished watching our yearly recap, which me and Craig did. we got another special guest with us. Craig, I'm going to pass to you. Yes, man. This is a very, very special guest that we have today. One of the top JUCO recruiters in the country. Uh, one hell of a coach. Uh, he's from East L.A. College. Um, and he is Detroit's own. Please give it up for Ken Hunter. Ken, welcome to the show, man. Oh, man. Pleasure. Pleasure. I, I appreciate y'all bringing me out, man. And it's just a blessing being here, man. I, I really appreciate this. Absolutely. Because we feel like you you are a perfect example of, of what an underdog stands for. And uh, we just really appreciate you. And we can't wait. So let's just get right into it. Let's go. So want to talk about your upbringing. Here you from Detroit. So let's let's just get into that. Man, I'm, I'm just a typical dude, man. Born in Anna City. Um, one of the roughest neighborhoods in America, as y'all know, Southwest Detroit, which um, our story is being told a little um, from the BMF Star Series right yep. now. Um, so a lot, of, a lot of my people, a lot of my family, a lot of my friends I grew up with, and, you know, lived a little bit of it. So, But, you know, the one thing that kept us out the streets, like most inner cities, is sports. Um, and then as you grow and get older, you start to realize how good you had it as a kid with with what our youth sports meant to that community, um, which still to this day is amazing what they do with youth sports. Um, a lot of us went on, played college ball, um, some pros. You know, you got your Jalen Roses, your Howard Isleys, yeah. uh, Voshan Leonard's, a lot yeah. of guys. Um, then a ton of guys who played Division One ball. So they come back and they give back and they spend time with kids. Um, you know, even me to this day, I still go back, spend time, um, give back to my high school, even though Southwestern got, um, it got tore down. But I played my last year, last year and a half at E-Course because I transferred and I still give back to that program, which is one of the top basketball programs now. Mm -hmm. um, but it's amazing, man. It, it was you had one foot in the street, one foot in sports, and, you know, you're kind of a product of your environment, but I wouldn't change the way I came up for nothing in the world. So it's interesting that you use that term, because that's a term Mike talks about a lot. I know Mike couldn't be here, but Mike always talks about, and, and he goes from the other approach of saying you're not a product of your environment. So yeah. I think it's interesting how people can have those, like, different, you know, ideologies of, of where they come from. Yeah, no, nah, absolutely. And, and what's cool is, like he he said, somebody that resonates with me, and that's like a six degree of separation with Howard Isley. He's a BC guy yeah. um, in the beginning, and so I got to always see him and, and talk to him. But like, just the fact of what you said about being meth and all this, and integrated with sports, like, like how was that at the end of the day, knowing that like you was at the top of your sports, but at the same time, like you fit right into this, like, you feel me? Like, the streets is your brother, too, and you're well-known in that as well. Like, like as far as the basketball community, can you just elaborate on that? For oh, no doubt, no doubt, because all street guys want to be sports guys, and all sports guys want to be, like, street guys. It's kind of, it's funny how we intertwine. Um, and even to this day, um, our culture just been like that for years, um, all the athletes wanted to dress like the cool street guys and 
all the street guys want to have the athletic swagger, the women, you know, yeah. um, the spotlight, the limelight, always having people notice you, you know. And so it's kind of a crazy blend. And that crowd always comes together. Um, and real street guys, man, I was I was raised by some real OGs, man. So, you know, they try to keep you away from it when they see you have a talent. But, you know, like I said, sometimes you're a product of your environment. Um, and my coach used to always tell me, if you hang around shit long enough, you're going to get shit on you. Mm. You know, and that's true, man. And, I, you know, my crew... It was it was something else, yeah. you know. But like I grew up with them from day one, so we got into some stuff, yeah. you know. And I'm not proud of some of it, and and some of it, you know, it comes from just being from that environment. Like it's like, you know, it's kind of like LA a little bit, where you may grow up in bad neighborhoods and gangs, and you know, even though you may not be fully entrenched. At some point, you get a little bit on you, you know what I'm saying? Because sometimes it's just a must. You have to align yourself to keep yourself safe and, you know, make sure you're good. So we all been through it, man. Um, Detroit is more of a a city that hustles, you know. It really shows you how to hustle different ways, legally, illegally. It's, It's seldom you run into a Detroit cat. That don't know how to get money some yeah. type of way. you know so that's the one thing i learned early at an early age um, you know and it's unfortunate um you know i think what affected a lot of guys like me the most was crack you know yeah. the crack crack hit our our, our neighborhoods yeah. it affected me big time because my father got addicted the minute i hit high school and so that's why i, were, I really went left ninth grade and had to recover from it you know, now fortunately, I had um, high school coaches who really cared, high school mentors that really cared. You know, your Perry Watsons, um, your Coach Mayfield, um, who was my football coach, um, Coach Stevens, who was my baseball coach. So I was a blessed athlete. I played all three sports and really had guys that really cared about me. Um, coach Yerman Hansey was one of my assistant coaches. Um, you know, and then as I changed high schools, Coach, Coach Kenneth Jackson, um, who was a Jackson State legend, um, you know, who once again, one of them dudes who come back and help the community and get into coaching. And then a name y'all might know, um, Coach Jerome Henderson, um, who coached me my senior year of high school, who moved back to Detroit. He married a Detroit woman. He was a Detroit Piston. But he's an L.A. legend, played for um, the Bucks, the Pistons, the Lakers, a couple more organizations, and, you know, spent yeah. a few years overseas. Um, but they all helped save my life, man. Like, um, without them, I'm not here today. I know that for a fact. You know, half of my circle is dead. You know, another half is locked up, was on that pyramid you saw when BMF went down. Yeah. I mean... That could have been me easily, easily. Like, it could be any inner city kid, you know. Um, But by the grace of God, man, um, I found sports and found people who really cared for kids and, you know, showed me it was a different way um, to to live the type of life I wanted to lead, you know. And then, you know, having kids and want to be a better example, um, it kind of, you know, it did something to me too. And then... Um, being humble, man, being humbled, 
Um, you know, God, I feel like God slowed me down, um, put me in a position to, to be able to think, you know, and be like, hey, man, this route is wrong. I'm not saying God put me in a wheelchair because I, I, I believe, you know, when you do devilish acts, the devil can get a hold to you, yeah. you know. And so, uh, you know, I think it was a way to slow me down um, and to make me figure it out as a man. You know, even though I was a young man when it happened, but I had to figure it out and I had to change my life and, and, and you know, start doing things the right way. And yeah. so, um, you know, unfortunately, I still didn't learn my lesson. You know, I went back home for a little bit after I got hurt and, you know, got back into some bad things again. But then, like I said, always had guys there who came and lifted me up and Coach Richard Wells, who was my um, college coach here at LA Trade Tech came to Detroit one day and like I said I'm in a house with like 20 BMF dudes at the time and he looking around he come in and he looking around and he like bro what's going on like you back to this again you know like this ain't it man like let's let's go to the back and talk you know and so he said, Ken, man, you need to come back and go to school, come finish school, come coach with me, man. I, I need help, yeah. you know. And I'm looking at him, like, and I couldn't do nothing but this at the time, bro. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't even move my arms, none of that. And I'm just like, huh? Coach? Like, coach, what you talking about, bro? Ain't no way. He's like, nah, bro, you always been the best when it comes to leading and guys really, you know, paying attention and, you know, you know detail stuff, and guys follow your lead, and you relate to young dudes. You've been through everything possible. Like, they're going to listen to you. And I'm just like, coaching coach? Man, in this situation, I, I couldn't see it. Yeah. But he saw it the whole time. Yeah. And so I'm like, man, I talked to my wife, man, and see what she think, you know, because at the time she working at FedEx, and um, but I know I did want to change my situation, yeah. you know, so I, I thought about it, man. And then I had a dream and, you know, I was like, man, maybe it's what I'm meant to do. So I told her, let's go ahead and try this. You know, let's just save some money, take off in May. You know, this is like December and I'm like, let's save some money, take off in May and let's just see what it, where it takes us. Like we yeah. can't do no worse than what we're doing. You know, and that's what we did. And that's how you got to L.A. That's how I got back to L.A. So how, okay, so you was here first. Playing, right. Playing. Right. And got then hurt. when you got back, or was it here? Um, I got hurt here. So it's um, the end of my freshman year is winding down, and, I, and I'm wrestling with my college roommate, and we come down wrong. I pick him up go to slam him on the bed, he held onto my neck. So all that force goes in the, into the oh, bed yeah. like I'm being pile drive. Um, I fractured my C5 vertebrae in three places and um, bruised my spinal cord and it paralyzed me instantly. And so um, after I got paralyzed, I did um, like seven months in a rehabilitation hospital in Downey and then I moved back to Detroit. And so when I moved back to Detroit, then that's when everything I just explained happened. Um, and then I moved back here May 2001. Wow. I feel like we got to channel the inner Mike T here. 
and ask what Mike would ask. Yeah. Mike Taylor couldn't be here, but... Uh, Mike, I know Mike good. <laughs> man, that's my dude. Uh, you know, the thing he loves to bring to the table is, is talking about mental health. You know, that's something that's kind of newer to the table. What was, like, your mental health approach going through all that? Especially oh, that was horrible, like, bro. Taboo to talk about stuff like that. No, I'm cool with it, man. I, I love um, for other people to, to hear some of the things we go through because... Um, especially um, the disabled community, in particular people in wheelchairs. Um, dude, I, I went through every bad depression, every bad emotion possible, including killing yourself. Like, I can remember um, crying one day um, because my wife and my, my mom was helping take care of me. But they couldn't do it by themselves. But they was given everything they had. So I remember being stuck in the house one day. And something happened where my wife couldn't get back to me in time. My mom was stuck somewhere at work or something and couldn't get off. She was supposed to have been off. And I'm just going through a rough patch. I forgot why. Um, you know, sometimes you feel bad for yourself. You feel sorry for yourself, like. Dude, you know, like, God, why me? You know what I'm saying? Like, why am I sitting here, can't move from my neck down, and I'm drinking water out of straw, and I can barely reach the water. Um, and it was a hot, I, re I remember it being super hot, muggy. I think they forgot to cut the air on. I, that probably was one of the reasons I was just, and then I was on these meds they had me on for depression. But come to find out, it make you su su um, suicidal. Uh, you know, you find this out later when all these lawsuits is going on. And so I remember calling my wife and telling her, and I was on like 20 pills at the time. They had me on all these different pills. And I remember calling my wife, telling her, I'm going to kill myself. I just can't take no more. I'm about to take like all these pills. And like, like. My uncle just came through the door, like he out of nowhere. He never just pops up, and he just came out the door. It was like God saving me again. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so you go through, and that was the only time I went through that. But you know, it's just the point that I went through it, and I'm pretty sure everybody in my position goes through it at some at some point, um, especially when you feel like. You know, it's nobody there for you. You don't know who to talk to about what you're going through. And I have all the friends in the world, all the boys in the world, but it's just certain stuff that they can't help you with. You know, they can't, they're not in your shoes. So they, they don't know this walk. They see it, but they don't really understand it. Being in constant pain all the time, have to be on all these meds you take in, um, not being able to, pick your, your your daughter and your son up it was crazy like it was just a rough rough patch and and we all go through it especially in the first two to three years yeah. you know where everything is new to you you don't know what to expect um you don't know what your family um contribute gonna contribute to you being healthy and helping um because everybody want to help yeah. but then when they see how hard it is to do some of the stuff you need done slowly but surely at some point everybody's gonna drop out your life everybody trust me everybody dropped out my life at some point and um 
it really takes a strong individual to bounce back from that. So mentally, man, I've been through the ups and downs. Um, it's probably why I got so much fight in me to this day. But I've, I've always been a tough-minded person due, due to how I was raised in the neighborhood I came up in. And um, just kept moving on, man. And, and fortunately, like I said, man, it's always been somebody there to pick me up. Always. Wow. Man, that's, that's pretty incredible. But it's, it's, it's the truth and the reality of things when certain situations happen. And I think we had a conversation earlier just about, like, how the youngins take things for granted. Right. You know, like, right. you just never know each day what each day holds. So right. each day, like, you got to make sure, like, you can be at your best and do and bring out the best in you that you can because you just never know in what situations and what can happen. Right. And um, I think that's what makes me a real good coach. Man, I'm a, I'm a living example every day uh, of how life can change instantly at the snap of a finger. Um, I went from being this independent guy who had people in the palm of my hand, you know, was thought to become an NBA guy, a major league baseball guy. Um, anything, most people say anything, I could have did anything I wanted. Yeah. You know, have all the women, all the, all the fame in the world. I was 15 and 16, getting in every club in Michigan, you know, can go anywhere, have money. That's a bar. Uh, right, <laughs> right. 15, 16, getting in the club. Bro, like, bro, that's a game changer. Bro, we was doing it like no other. Like, it, it was crazy when you look back on it. And to have all that in the palm of your hands so early, and I'm talking about blowing thousands and hundreds of thousands and cars. and I mean, we had it all, bro. And then, you know, to go from that, to to go to you needing somebody to help you brush your teeth for you like it's the most humbling experience you can ever imagine and so you know i use that to coach you know and i let my guys know man if i'm here every day and i'm i'm here early and i'm here to help you and work with you and i stay late um i'm here all off season what's your excuse you know, you able body, you got your help. That's like a blessing in itself that people don't even understand until you go through something. Yeah. Um, until you get a back injury and you can't get up. Till you go through an injury and you can't play the sport you wanted to play and you've been playing all your life. Um, you know, adversity hits. Yep. You know, and so well, you sure we does. have to learn how to respond to it. We have to teach others how to respond to it, and that's my job now. You know. Um, teaching guys the proper responses, um, life ain't sweet, you know, you're going to go through some stuff. And so, um, you know, especially as a black man or, or a minority man, Latino man, um, you're going to go through a lot, you know, more, more than your typical guy. And so, um, our job is to prepare them for that both on and off the court. Um, because a lot of these guys that we get, they don't have that male leadership in their life. You know, um, and 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 just let's just be honest. Women raise men different than men raise men. You know, um, it's something about the Bible that's really true when it says iron sharpens iron. 
Um, you know, without that male influence, man, you miss a lot of little things that you need to know as a man um, to get by in life and, and to do right in life, you know. And um, women teach it a little bit different, you know, and, and I think that's kind of what's wrong with this generation. Um, and so many of us being taught by women and we have women tendencies, you know, and, you know, instead of, you know, your typical man, he can get through the day, go through a hard day and he'll never say a thing. He won't bitch or complain. Um, and then, you know, women ain't scared to complain and voice their opinion. And, and so a lot of these young men are like that nowadays. So they think their opinion matters. And what they're going to learn in life is a lot of times nobody gives a damn about your yeah. opinion. You know, especially when you're in a working environment. It's going to be, hey, I'm going to tell you to do this, this, and this. And I want it done like this, this, and this. And if it's not, then it's going to be some issues. Yeah. yeah. You know? And we all know that as working men. You know? So, <laughs> you know, that's talk. the thing that we're teaching these young men now and um, that's the thing I'm going through with my son now, my own sons, you know, um, just trying to teach them to be better than I was, bring them up a little bit better Absolutely. than I came up, um, <coughs> where they never have to face a lot of the things that I had to face. Um, so, you know, that's the joy in what I do now, um, being able to see them and then be able to affect 20 to 25 men every day that's in my life on that team and then another couple hundred every year that yeah, yeah. you know that's re reaching out across the country um that you know i bring in and you know able to help and, and provide them a blueprint and you know help them with scholarships and things like that so it's uh rewarding and fulfilling to me you know it, it replaced the competitive side of sports um you know i'm competing in another way now yeah. you yeah. know so I'm, I'm blessed, man. I can't complain whatsoever. And, like, speaking of, like, how you're affecting all these lives, we have to get into, you know, junior college basketball specifically and how different that is compared to basketball on any other level. Well, junior college basketball, you know, as as the show, Last Chance You, it, <clears throat> it is Last Chance You for a lot of those guys. Some of those guys on the second strike, third strike. Um, and then some guys – Never had a strike, but maybe just wasn't good enough and wasn't prepared the right way or didn't get the notoriety or, you know, didn't get in front of the right people. And so, you know, our job as junior college coaches is to help with all that. Yeah. Um, we provide them with a blueprint. If they stick to the blueprint, um, they'll have success. Now, it's not like that at every junior college. Yeah. You know, as you know, it's good and bad in everything that we do. So you got your good schools, you got your bad schools, you got your mediocre schools. Um, it's up to the kid and the parents to kind of do their research and homework. And it's enough technology out there today um, where you shouldn't get bamboozled as easy. You yeah. know, you shouldn't get as food as easy. So, um, you know, back in my <laughs> our day, you can get bamboozled because, you know, it just wasn't technology there. It wasn't film on everything. Everything wasn't taped or camera or um, you couldn't go to the computer and type something in and it come right up. Uh, you can literally do virtual tours for every level now. You know, like you had none of that back then. Yeah. Um, you just had to go on a dude's mouthpiece and the dude with the best mouthpiece normally won. Yeah. You know, so, um, you know, it's, man, the JUCO level, it's, it's rough. 
It can be grimy at times. It's dog-eat-dog. Um, but if you get out there, grind, and do what you're supposed to do and, and help your team win ball games, and um, you're playing for connected and well-coached dudes who really know um, their profession, man, you'll, you'll get what you want out of it. But if you go somewhere and, you know, you're just doing a bare minimum and, you know, y'all mediocre, mediocre not going to get it. Average not going to get it. Like, you got to be special at this level um, to be able to get something really good out of it. And it's not like the old days either. I hate people who say, you can go anywhere and average 20-something, they're going to come see you. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're going to go where they feel like it's discipline there, it's structure, and it's toughness. Yeah. You know, and it's winning. Because their jobs is based on winning. Um, and if you can't bring something of value to help them win, they'll never come see you. They don't care if your team went 30-0, and 0, if it's not structured and right, yeah. and it don't translate over to what they do, they'll never come see you. Yeah. Um, I remember a coach telling me, man, he said, Ken, you can only be as good as the coaches who look at you. And he said, you can average 30 points a game, right? But if it's nothing but NAIA schools in your gym, guess what level you going? NAIA, because that's all that's seen. Yep. And I, I thought about that, and I was like, wow, that's true. Like, that's true, because that's what happens to a lot of guys. You, you'll see a lot of guys, and you'll catch some at different levels, and you wonder how they got there. And then you'll do your research, and you'll be like, man, he oh, he's from a small town from here, or... He from this little high school from there, but the dude better than a lot of D1 dudes, you know? And so, you know, he's only there because that's only, that's all who saw him, you know? And, 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 you know, in this day and age, a lot of people don't do their homework, man. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Um, there's so many schools that don't do their homework. There's so many schools who didn't have, it's not a real hooper on a bench. Um, that's a coach, so they don't know what to look for. And so, if you notice, it's a lot of transfer portal guys because there's a lot of mistakes that's made um, because guys go off the buddy-buddy system. You know, it's like, well, uh, my buddy got a kid we can get. We don't got to fight no school for him. He going to give them to us. And that's where the mistakes well, happen. But do you know about this player? Do you know his tendencies? Do you know how he is personally off the court. Like, all these different things matter. And then, like, just to, just to go on one point uh, point that you were saying, just how hard it is, like, you need a little bit of luck sometimes in this game of basketball, yes, man. Do, like, man. you need the, a little bit of luck no matter what it is no because what it this is. game is, is really, really difficult. Yeah. Really difficult. Yeah. I know you've been dying to talk about the transfer portal. Oh, man. I've been dying. I've been talking about this all morning. Yeah, so like let's talk about the transfer portal because like like we said back back in the day, right, there there was no portal like this. It was just like, hey, the good talented kids got to go to the top colleges right. and the JUCO guys got to wait. But now that like the situation's totally changed. Totally. If you really, really good, you got a chance to go make some money either overseas or G League now. Right away. And then that leaves down some of the guys who still need a lot of bit of work and are still really, really young. And right. then that's when I feel like now most of these older guys are getting much more looks because of that situation. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Man, part of the 
Well, it's a lot of reasons uh, for this transport portal madness. Um, <laughs> and I just spoke yeah. on it a little bit uh, with these coaching staffs not having real hoopers on the bench. That's part of it. Um, part of it is it's not a lot of guys willing to spend the time to develop guys anymore. Like, they want a ready-made thing as soon as you come in as a, as a freshman. Like, that's unheard of, man. Like, like nobody wants to work with kids no more. Nobody wants to spend that extra time in the gym no more. Um, Unless they're getting paid for it now, right? Because now we see all these different trainers coming yeah. out the box, man. Like, million and one trainers, bro. It's, it's <laughs> and I used to tell them, I ain't had no trainer. Like, I, I made myself pretty much. I mean, I had coaches. Don't get me wrong. I had really coaches, great mentors. Right. Like, I didn't have no trainer, right. literally, like, working on my guy. I had to go early to school just to get it done. Right. And, and so that's part of the madness, man. So, you know, you get this kid. You probably only saw him practice twice when you recruited him. Like I said, buddy-buddy system. Yeah. Or he's on somebody rankings list who based these rankings off of watching a guy at a camp and he'd been at three camps and he played well those three camps. But then you don't follow the whole progression. Yep. You don't see the ups and the downs. You don't see what trigger what triggers him. You don't see the habit, you know, and so you make mistakes. You know, I don't care what he ranked and, and, you know, that's why you see a lot of guys fail. You know, these guys get ranked early because they're bigger, stronger, they're more athletic, um, and then they get to college and everybody is big and strong. Everybody is. You got guards (laughs) at 6'3", jumping out the gym, them Jama Rants out there. Like, come on, bro, like... So, you know, you get there and it's it, it's it's shell shock. It's like, oh wait, I ain't the biggest, strongest no more. Yeah. Now I gotta learn how to play. Now I gotta learn these details. Now I gotta play some team ball. Yeah. Now I don't operate with the ball ninety percent of the time and dribbling, dribble, dribble. Like they're teaching me how to play. And some kids not ready for that. They don't want to be taught because they've been sheltered from that for so long, yeah. and now they pissed. Yeah. So they go a year of sitting on a bench, playing spot <laughs> minutes, and then at the end of the year, I'm out. You know, I don't care about me. You yeah. told me all these things to get me here, and I'm barely playing. I'm out of here. Yeah. I'm not going to see it through. You know, I got three years. But I'm going to the NBA in one more year because when I transfer to my next school, they're going to get me to the NBA. You know, it's it's just crazy how some of these kids think. And, you know, unfortunately, we all know it ain't that easy. Yeah. yeah. You know, so they think it's that easy and, you know, they're out of here. Now, the other end of the spectrum, from a coach's standpoint, they get these kids – they were told this kid is this, this, and this. And as you know, a lot of head coaches don't recruit. They send it, they send assistants out. Um, they trust their assistants, you know, and they bring these kids in and saying they this, this, and this, and then they get them and they not. And so they disappointed sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes the kid is forced out, you know, because he get there, he got an attitude, he don't want to do the details, you know. Coach don't got time to give him the special attention he needs. 
And so you got to figure out a way to either fix them or get rid of them. And a lot of times they push these kids out. They make them feel miserable. You know, like, dude, don't stay here. We making it hell. We don't want you here because you're 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 not coachable. You know, you're not ready to, to buy into what we're trying to do. And they force them out. And then so he goes in the transporter. So nowadays you got like half your team leaving every year. It's crazy. I look at the portal. That's the first. I, I look at it all throughout the year every day. And every day it's four to five names going up. And it's crazy because it goes, what do you think is going to happen when you get to the NBA? Everybody's going to be much faster, run harder, block shots, shoot the ball. But it's like as a as a kid or as a, a young guy going into the game, I just want them to know like everybody's going to do what you can do. What can you do to separate yourself from everybody else? From everybody else. Because it's not about transferring really at the end of the day. Right. It's about checking your mental and your heart and letting you know, hey, how much do I love this game? How much am I ready to compete? Because you're going to have to compete regardless. At the end of the day, you got to compete. And that's the thing that they don't understand, man. Like, it don't matter where you go. It don't matter what job title you have. Like, at the end of the day, you're always going to be working under somebody. And you're always going to be competing with a group of other individuals. Who's trying to get that same promotion you're trying to get. Trying to get that better job you're trying to get. So when you don't get your way, your answer always going to be to turn out of the cheek and, 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 and walk away from it. Yep. Or yep. is you going to sit there and learn yep. how to fight? Yep. You know, and, and the streets is like that. Yep. You know, what do you do? You get, get beat up every day or you learn how to fight back. Yep. And they stop messing with you, mm-hmm. you know. And so get out and lay down. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. And and that's what this basketball cycle is like, man. It's crazy. I promise you. I was I was talking to two of my former players this morning. One is the starting. One is starting. One is coming out off the bench. They're at the same school. And so they coach called me early this morning and say, man, you know, I lo- I love to, to start the one that starts. He's doing everything, but he, I think he gets complacent at times because he got it too good. Yeah. He said, now, don't get me wrong. He's nowhere near disappointing me. He's having a heck of a year, and he's the heart between, um, behind everything we do. He said, but he's just not consistently at the highest level. Yeah. I want him to get consistently there, and I think part of the problem is how he prepares himself. He, he ain't been in the gym like that extra. Mm-hmm. He says the other one, he don't have a clue. He he talking to me like he going to the NBA next year, and I'm like, bro, you so far away, like you won't even do everything I'm telling you to do, you know, and for you to have success, so we can have success. Yeah. Um, and he like, you know, he keep telling them and explaining it to him, um, but he'll go in there and do the complete opposite. Yeah. And I said, Coach, I got it. I'm about to call both of them now. So I call them on the three-way. I said, look, man, I don't know what's going on, but I know y'all better get your priorities together. Yeah. I say, y'all there to work. Y'all there to be leaders. You should be in the gym minimum one hour early 
or one hour late besides what you do with the team. And he says y'all have 24-hour access. So y'all have zero excuse. 24-hour access. 24-hour access, I don't even know what that even feels like in my life. (laughs) You're going to get me this whole gym for 24 hours? 24-hour access. And them dudes ain't been in the gym none. Wow. Extra. And so... You know, they both apologize. Coach, man, you know, they, that's on us, man. We've been on some BS. You know, we ain't been using our time wisely. Um, I know exactly what he's saying. He right. Like, we ain't been doing it. You know, we we, we going to improve and start in the day. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's all people want you to do, man. They want yeah. you to work hard so you can get the best out the opportunity. You know, and sometimes, you know, you got to work a little harder because sometimes, you know, our coaches see a bigger picture and they see that it can be special if you prepare the right way. You know, and that, and that's what I was explaining to them. Like, dude, y'all a top 20 team. He sees special. Y'all can win it. But if you're not doing those extra things, y'all don't have a chance to. It's, yeah. it's all smoke and mirrors. Man. You know? So, you know, you young, man. When you're young, you think you got forever. Yeah, you can got forever to fix it and that's another thing i'm a prime example of i was young i was 19 when this happened and boom it happened like that boom it's over it's over now you got to figure out another plan and so that's what this game is like man you know one minute you can be at the top of the totem pole and the next minute you can be out of basketball you know, so you better take advantage of the opportunities while you can. Um, don't believe your youth is always going to be there. Don't believe your health is always going to be there. Man, it can get ugly, Yeah. you know. And so I've seen it every side you can imagine. And, um, you know, I'm just good at making guys realize um, taking advantage of them opportunities now. Yeah. You know, so that's my job. That's what we do. And continuing on to your job, it's like speaking of like all these different things that go into finding the right players for your team and building the right roster. You're credited as being one of the best recruiters in the country, right? You know, how does that come in into the play? Country, like, not yeah, the like, city, the world. Man, it's, it's insane. Like, how do you like find that's the a right bar. players for your team? Man, I just do. I do the same thing at every level I coach. Like, I look for guys. Um, of course, you got to have some type of athletic ability. But I look for guys who come from what I come from, like who've been through stuff, but still willing to go through that and really want to be somebody, you know. And so when you find guys like that, and you know it when you see it, because you'll talk to them, you'll have conversations, you'll get to learn them. And if they're they're that dude, then I'm, I'm doing everything I can to bring them in. If they're not, then I end the conversation. You know, I'm just like, no, nah, bro, you don't fit what we're trying to do, you know. Um, but to me, I've been doing it so long. I know it when I see it right away. Yeah. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, you can't help them all and get them all. But, you know, I bring in enough where I can help and build. And I stick with those guys for the rest of their life. Like, I'm in dude's life from day one till I leave dessert, yeah. you know. And that's how I feel as a coach, though, you know. And I, I, I reach back to all former players since day one that I've been coaching, man. And they all reach back. 
you know, they call, check in, see how I'm doing, uh, come around, speak to the new generation, which is huge, um, which we got a true brotherhood, man. And it's been like, it was like that when I was at Trade Tech. And I, I remember guys like you used to come down and hoop. And, yeah. you know, um, I remember I had a Detroit kid then that you taught a great lesson to, Lewis Hamilton, um, was y'all was like the same size, but he was bigger and more experienced, same athleticism. And he came in there and just humbled Lewis. Like, <laughs> Lewis really thought he was league ready and going to the NBA, and Craig just came in there and put it on him. And, and, and it was the best thing we could have saw because he was so cocky and arrogant because he was abusing Juco. Like he was, and Lewis was a top 50 kid coming out of high school in the country. And he came in there and just abused him. And that humbled Lewis. Like that was the humblest Lewis ever was. And I was so thankful for that. And I was just like, thank you. Thank you. And so um, from that point on, man, and I kind of learned that from my high school coach, Perry Watson, because um, Jalen and all of them used to come back and do that to us, you know. And uh, so, um, you know, when I got out here and started coaching, man, and I always opened the gym to the community, you know. Um, and then our runs just started getting so good. All the NBA guys started coming to them. Top D1, all of your UCLA, USC guys, you know, your Nick Youngs and DeMar DeRozans, like they live in our gym, yeah. you know, and because it was competitive. It was real runs in the offseason, and, dude, you can find the, anybody the in there no, any given man. day. Yeah, the, the say no, no there. You know, it was, it was cracking, man. It was really good, good times, man. And unfortunately, we're moving away from that. In, yeah. in the district, yeah. man, they yeah. got all these rules now, and it's destroying um, what junior college is for. It's meant to help build the community up. Yeah. And now they got all these rules. They don't want people in your gym. They got all these policies now making it so difficult. Um, and it's sad, you know, yeah. because you can really impact lives. And we impacted so many lives by having those type of runs and you know, guys like him talking to the younger guys, telling them what it's about, um, you know, um, sharing their um, experiences, yeah. um, sharing their success. You know, that's success when, you know, you make it from the hood and you get a four-year scholarship Damn. deal and, you know, everybody looking at you and you playing, then he playing on TV and, oh, man, I can't even describe that, bro. Because when I watch it, and watch my former players, I'm just like almost in tears. Because I'm so, yeah, man, dude, that journey, that journey, and he know what I'm talking about. That journey, like you don't really realize it when you're going through it, but then when you look back and you be like, wow, I made it. I made it through that because a lot of your peers, unfortunately, especially coming up in inner city places, man, a lot of them, their journeys is way different. They dying, they're going to jail, they're they're getting hit with real life situations, and you enjoying some of the perks of life. You traveling the world, and, you know, you playing a sport that you loved as a kid, and some of us start get paying for it, getting paid for it, and um, 
you know, you have a different perspective as you start to get older and mature. And then you realize what you mean to your community. It's kids looking up to you Man. doing this. You know what I'm saying? And then you realize, dang, I got to stay right for, for the next dude to do it, you know? And so you're a living example of what kids want to be. And so um, that's another thing that keeps us motivated and going hard and want to have the ultimate success. And, um, you know, it's, I can't even describe that feeling, but it's a, it's a crazy hell of a feeling, bro. You'll start getting those in too. You're like Mr. Coach Craig now. Well, well, yeah, and I feel like I've I've kind of already gotten it. That's why I've, I've written the children's book, right? right? Um, just based upon my story of how I found my passion at an early age. And you write about that for me, example, my peers, because it goes, man, I was blessed to have these really cool resources. Get to go on AAU trips, right? Recruitment trips. Yeah, then maybe get to go to the college I want, but somebody wanted me at the end of the day. Right. And I was thankful, and I wanted to make sure that they knew the love was mutual. Now, my friends, right? I've, I've had all-American friends who were McDonald's and no years in the league, you know? Right. And maybe a couple seasons of basketball, and it's just like, wow, like – Everybody's journey is different, but I think for me, it was just like I put my head down, stayed focused, and knew I was going to have to give back. I knew, I already knew, like even in college, I knew it was my point to give back because it goes by seeing my peer brothers not get that access. I want to make sure at least the next generation as a whole can come up together with resources. You know what I'm saying? Because we, and not everybody, right? You have your good luck and you have people who get the short end of the stick. Yeah. And that's just how it goes sometimes. But then in my mind, it's like, well, I want to help create more of me, more of some of my of my other friends, like well, Bobby Brown or Trevor Ariza, right. Pooh Jetter. Like, I, we got to make more of these. And I think that's on a mission, too, that we're on now today as adults. Because it's yeah. crazy to say, like, yo, we're adults now. <laughs> like... You know, so, but, but definitely. Um, next question though, how and when, like, the Drew League came about for you? Like, Man, I can't describe the when because I've been doing it for so long. I'm, <laughs> <trying to, laughs> I'm really trying to think of when it was the when, but I remember um, my first year coaching in the Drew League was um, with George North. Um, and that's because I coached in the say no with him. And, you yep. know, I helped run a say no because it was yep. a trade tech. Um, but he had, um, the Salvatore spirit and mm -hmm. he took the Salvatore spirit from, um, from say no to the Drew League. And I was one of the first guys he caught. Um, I think he had been in there a couple of years, um, before I came along with him and had never made the playoffs. And so, um, I get a call, and he said, Ken, man, I need to come back and help. <laughs> he said, I ain't made the playoff. I'm getting my butt whooped. I'm tired of this crap, and these young dudes don't listen to me. And he said, it, you know, um, he said, my grandson coming up, which was Deontay North, um, and I want to get him acclimated in it. And we have Frank Robinson. No, Kelly Frank. Um, uh, you know, we had some dudes, man, on that team um, that were all like um, – you know, top overseas guys or borderline NBA guys. And so, you know, I said, yeah, I'll come do it. 
So my first year with them, we make we make the playoffs. Of course, you know <laughs> the good luck uh, charm. Oh uh, yeah, man. Because guys <laughs> listen to me for some reason. I don't. And I didn't know what the hell I was doing half the time back then. You know, I knew. You know, I know basketball and I know the game to a, yeah. to a high level. Um, and I just know how to think the game as a scorer and, and being aggressive all the time. And I know in basketball, a lot of time, the aggressive guy going to win. Yeah. You know, and so, um, you know, and I know how to get guys to play hard and play together, you know. And so, um, you know, that group, we had a really good group. And then I went from coaching with them to coaching L.A. Unified. And when I got to LA Unified, I mean, I got James Hart, I got Pooh, I got Bobby, I got like Bobo. I'm just like, yeah. bro, this so easy. Like we literally never lost. Yeah. And I'm just like, now nah, I'm, you know, now nah, I'm thinking. Just one, just, y'all lost one. Boy, in the season. They lost one to uh, COA. They lost to COA. Yeah. We just got to put that out yeah. there. But, what? No, I so Because, I mean, I'm, I'm a part of LA Unified. Yeah. I'm just like the adjacent. I'm, the, yeah. I'm like rogue sometimes. And, and I'm, I'm not. LA Unified. And here's the thing I'm not a big trash talker until you come at me with no. it. Then I won't respond. But. Um, yeah, I don't but, want no problems. I'm chilling. Right, but see, <laughs> maybe my, on the court, that's just for, you know. But, like but my business partner is the trash talker. Wally. Yes, yes. Wally, Wally is oh, the yeah, biggest Wally, boy. trash talker it is. And, you know, he going to piss half of the Just the way up. he sit make you feel some type of way. Just the way he be like, you know, that lean. Come on, man. And, and he loves it, man. And that's what yeah. he do. And, yeah. I, you know, he, I, I, you know, we allow each other to be us. You know, I do the coaching side. He do the talking and motivating side. And we always been a great, you know, duo. Um, but, like I said, coaching, yeah, you know. Um, and we've never lost a game that James Harden played in. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it was, you know, that was easy, you know. And then every all the stars want to play with us because we them dudes. And so it was, that was the easiest yeah. thing ever. <laughs> and even now, man, my teams, man, it's, you know, they well put together. And, you know, a lot of that is, you know, me, you know, just having – the years of experience and, you know, having the network and power to call different agents and be like, hey, man, your dude in town, tell him, come on, come yeah. get some run in with us, man. I got him, man. You know, we take care of it. And so a lot of trainers and agents reach out to us. Now, we don't have to, like, recruit, recruit no more. Yeah. Like, everybody want to play for us now, even though we retired LA Unified and um, we up under, uh, we call it all all in now and uh, okay. you know but we still I always got like a top three seed um, always got one of the better records and make good playoff wins we got to win another one sometime soon though man it's been a while and uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we got to get something yeah. done so because now people looking at me like I'm like like I done fell off a little bit you know I always, That's how they be man you know, so I got to get some bragging whites going and um, but it's fun, man. It's entertainment in the summer. Um, it's such a huge community dynamic to it. Um, being able to bring those type of guys um, to the league and have that experience with all the kids that's there who can't afford an NBA ticket. Yeah. You know, 
And so that's what it's really about, yeah. man. And I pride man. myself on that, um, giving those kids that experience, yeah. Yeah. you know. Um, and once again, it's something that you just, you look around and you'd be like, wow. So, you know, um, that's what we try to get NBA guys to understand, too. Um, how important it is to play in these programs, even if it's one game, um, to give those kids, those children who can't afford those tickets, man, they family, like for like, I, you know, I family of five, dude, you spending minimum $500 at the minimum, like minimum. That's just for the tickets. I ain't even got into getting in there and paying for the food. And, you know, I want a beer too. And, <laughs> you know, come on, man. That, 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 whew, that's a, that's a paycheck to some people, you yeah, know? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, for LeBron to do what he did this summer, Trey Young, Collins, um, Tyrese Hilliburton, who played with us, Tyre Eason, um, Chimazzi always played with us every year. Um, for those guys, you know, and it's a group of whole group of others, you know, in the past yeah. that always did it. DeMar Rosen, probably the best to ever do it and, and come out year after year. He don't have to, but he does. And Nick Young did it when he was a player. Um, man, you don't understand what that does for those kids um, that was in my shoes. Like, like, damn, you see him and you be like, man, maybe I can make it. Yeah. He from what I'm yeah. from. Maybe yeah. I do got a shot. Yeah. Maybe I do. Like, for them, dude, the effect LeBron had this summer on doing what he did, he don't, I don't even think he realized how amazing that was. You know, one day he's going to look back on it and realize how amazing Dude, I saw little kids just crying, grown, grown people crying. Like, I'm just looking like, damn, is Michael Jackson in here or something? <laughs> like, like, I ain't never seen so many grown men crying. And, like, it's like, wow. Like, he really got that effect. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But then, you know, you look at it and you start to understand it on a bigger microscope. That's yeah. the closest those kids ever been to LeBron James, yeah. Yeah. you know, so it was huge, man, and, you know, this is the Drew League, this coming year is the 50-year anniversary, so they got to, they said it's going to be crazy, huge, yeah. they want to bring up. up, I mean, the Clippers have the, the Drew League jerseys now, yep. Yep. It's like, Drew League it's City, Jersey City Edition, um, they're streaming on the NBA app, I think, at one point they were. It's the best. Yeah, they streaming on the NBA app it's now. It's so crazy to see how far they've come. Best summertime league in the world. It's amazing, man. It's a heck, it's, it's a heck of a show. Um, I'm glad to be blessed and be a part of it. Thank you to the Smileys. Um, you yeah, know. Shout out Dino. Shout out Chanel, the genie bus of the Drew League. Right. Yeah. Right. And, um, <laughs> and shout out to the LA Clippers, man. Shout out. You know, Chris. I hope the Lakers step their game up because <laughs> the Clippers is killing the community stuff right now. And I'm talking about, like, yep. they giving them all type of tickets to the games. They sending players to play. Like, come on, Lakers. Like, come on. Brian can't be the only dude to come out, man. Come on, Brian. Like, let a couple of them dudes come out once every blue moon. We can tell who a Laker fan. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not a Laker fan. I'm a Detroit everything. Oh, Everybody yeah, know Detroit. that. I, but, I, I, you know, I, I love the Lakers. All right. I love the well, hold on for that because we got questions for you for that okay. down the line. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay. So, all right. 
Well, we almost we almost done. We got a few left, and then we can hit the segments. No, sure. it's all good. Before we get into this next question, I just got to ask, what, what you just said, do you think there'll soon be a, a shift in, in fandom between Lakers to Clippers? No. <laughs> this always going to be a Lakers city, man. It's like, it's like you being a big brother, you never change to the little brother. Like, you always the big brother. Yeah. Like, because the Clippers, I mean, the Lakers been there since forever. So they got all those championships. You're never going to catch that. I don't care if you run off 10 straight. You're never going to catch 17 titles. You know what I'm and saying? It's tied like, for the most. I mean, it's, it's hard to win one. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So you're never going to catch that. Now, what Bomber is doing is unbelievable because, you know, he's taking over all the community stuff. He's in the hood. You know, he's rebuilding parks. He's... Sending players to go do this and go do that. Um, his staff is amazing. Um, and they really about community, yeah. bro. Like, I, I can't take that from them. The Lakers used to be that way, and then I don't know what's happened in the last 10 years. Well, I feel like it was Buss's energy originally, right? He really cared right. initially. But now, like, you see that's phased out, right? And now Bomber has that same type of approach. Same I mean, he brought the forum. But my thing was, he bought the farm during the pandemic. Who you know got $400 million during in a pandemic, pandemic that's just like, ah, here you go. Right. And and still doing stuff. Still doing. In the neighborhoods. Like, this dude didn't rebuild so many wrecks and parks around yeah. here that used to say Lakers this, Lakers that. But what it say now? It's Clippers. It's Clippers this, Clipper that. Yeah. You know, sponsoring uniforms for leagues and things like that. So that's, that's another important important part of it you know getting that fan base early um doing things in the community and 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 it's noticeable you know so you know hopefully both teams get back to that man and um it provides more opportunities for these kids out here especially the ones on the streets absolutely and looking you know they looking for something to do and you know it's up to us to provide it and unfortunately, man, that's how a lot of us end up in gangs and things like that. Yeah. You know, we're looking for something to do. But yeah. That's something to do, you know. And, and you kind of go that way when you don't feel the love or you feel like you can't afford nothing yeah. else. You know, Absolutely. so, um, you know, hopefully we get better as um, human beings and, and doing our part. And the guys with, with that type of money, yeah. you know, give back. And, um, you know, you're starting to see that some. You know, I've seen that a lot over the last five years. So, yeah. you know, hopefully we're getting back to those old ways where community means a lot. So now, you know, let's rewind a couple of years back now. Mm-hmm. Netflix decides to, to recreate their successful Last Chance U football, but into a basketball show. Right. Your school gets picked up to be part of that. What has that, that, that been like for you? What was that process? Uh, you know, Mosey had to deal with the process, man. He asked me about it before he did it. Um, and I was already a fan of the football show. So I had been watching every season before we even got asked. And, you know, he kind of didn't have no idea, you know, what was going on. But I said, Coach, man, um, it can be great. You know, uh, it's a tool we can use to show the world, that, you know, what we're doing first off. Um, but we can get help. You know, that we need help. We need resources at this level um, in order for these kids to have the type of success that they're going to have going forward. 
so he he was really good at listening. Um, he listened to multiple people about it. Um, like I said, I was already a fan of the show, so I was kind of stoked about it because I knew um, the type of platform it held. And then I knew what we did as individuals that people needed to see it um, so we can get more people doing it, you know, because um, it ain't, it's not a glamour job. You know, it's not a glamour job. It's not no. glamour pay. No. Um, so for people to see us do what we do with the limited resources we had, man, it, it it's changed so many people's lives. And, um, you know, you get so many texts and inboxes and DMs. Uh, from coaches that's at our level or lower saying how we have, you know, affected the way they coach now. Like, you know, their attitudes are different. You know, they're being more upbeat and more positive about, you know, where this basketball stuff and even different sports. They all hitting us and like, man, y'all changed the way we look at things. Like, this is beautiful. Yeah. You know, and it's crazy. We've We've become like the basketball whispers, like everybody um, in the country kind of calls us and reach out. How do y'all do this? And how do y'all get, you know, this out of guys and this? So, yeah, it's been amazing in that aspect. Um, But at times it's overwhelming, you know, all that attention. You worldwide, you know, but I love it. You know, I I can't complain. You know, I don't mind taking pictures. I don't mind, you know, this kid coming up to you or, you know, this fan or that fan. Um, but like I said, it just get a little overwhelming at times. But, hey, come with the territory. You guys are doing such an amazing job, man, because I, I feel like y'all just speaking from the heart, man. Y'all not doing nothing crazy. Like, y'all just being yourselves. And I think that it's it's the pureness in that. Right. That that that's what bring the beauty out of it, right? Because it's real life scenarios, and this is real real life, and like right. ain't nothing being like put in Hollywood or made. Thank like, you. None of that. It's all real, and that's why I like for me, like I appreciate it because oh, I even watched it. I watched it like a couple weeks ago. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? My my coach, Coach Anthony Davis at Crossroads. Yeah, he's talking about it. I'm like, all right, let me check it out. And I check out the show, and I'm like, oh, this is crazy. Right. Like, and then just to just to have a sense of knowing people or being around these people, yeah. and like, no, nah, this is real, and this is real life, and like, it's just beautiful to get to see. And you can relate to it on so many different levels of life. Like, it's yep. not just basketball; it's real life stories, um, and they do a great job of really focusing on on certain aspects of life you know these problems that we go through as we going through this journey and there's so many unknowns in the journey um and some of these kids have so many trust issues because they've been used and abused so early um and come from abusive situations you know um and i was that kid mostly was that kid you know yeah we had parents and all that but you know to be to go through what we went through and to still make it out you know and still doing something positive um, for our community man it, it, you know that's the best yeah. you know and so um you know we just happen to have a huge platform to show it you know yeah. it's it's more than us out there doing this work you yeah. know and yeah. so um it's kind of yeah. you know the show showing an appreciation for what we do um, everything is raw, uncut, 
no filter. People ask me all the time. It's mostly really like that. <laughs> yeah. Dude, y'all need to come into a practice. <laughs> y'all ain't even saw the half. Like, you, the dude is one of the most funniest characters you'll ever meet. But, you know, behind the madness is a genius. Yeah. You know, it's genius behind the madness, man. And that's why I love him to death because he really cares for people. He really cares for those kids, man. He goes above and beyond. Um, to the point, like he said, man, we sacrifice a lot of our family time um, to spend yeah. time molding these guys, man. And, and, and you know, it ain't easy in the beginning, but then when you hit that end, of, you know, of our journey with them as far as the basketball side and the school side and, and we moving them on, um, that's when we have, like, man, that's when it's so rewarding. Yeah. You know, my reward is watching that kid sign his letter of intent and watching his parents or whoever in his circle, yeah. you know, cry. They crying tears of joy. They crying tears of going through struggle for years. And here is this kid made it out. Yeah. You know, and sometimes a lot of times that's the first one in the family to go. Yeah. You know, the first male in the family yeah. especially, you know, yeah. and so that's something to be proud of, man. And it's you know, it's something you, you don't take for granted. Um, I know a lot of times um, some of these kids feel like failure because they're at the junior college level. And we we try to show them that it's not a failure. You're still going. God's still giving you an opportunity. Um, you're still doing the right things in the eyes of, of people who are successful. Um, and you're probably still doing more than 95% of the guys you came up with. Yeah, you know, so yeah. um, this last chance you thing, man, it's, it's, it's definitely been a blessing, man. And, um, you know, I'm just glad it, you know, just put out there some of the good, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, a little bit of bad come with it, but it's mainly oh, good. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it was a joy doing the show for two seasons for sure. Did the cameras, do you feel like made it harder to coach or do you think there was like extra pressure with that or did you guys just do a great job of keeping it, you know, 100 all the time? I think on Mosley, it put some pressure on him because, you know, he got this subplot line that, you know, he got to win it, you know, in order to become this great all-time great type coach. Yeah. Um, so it's pressure in that sense, but um, – other than that, for me, it wasn't no prayer. I mean, I'm going to be me. Yeah. I don't care if the camera's <laughs> on, off. I'm going to cuss here and there. I want to, you know, yeah, I want to keep it real, yourself, bro. Yeah. I want, you know, I got that hood in me. So, you know, I you know, I don't care if a camera there or not. You know, yeah, it, yeah. I'm going to just be who I really am. And that's all I know, you know. But, um, you know, I think uh, with the, as far as the kids, man, um, it actually made them lock in a little bit more. Because they didn't want to embarrass themselves on true. camera. Yeah. You know, social and, media, all that. If we want to talk about, like, nah, I got to I gotta be right, correct. Right. And believe it or not, like, when they catch those crazy, funny moments, like, they really whispering under their voice. Like, it's crazy how that mic pick up everything and, and catch those moments. And, um, you know, we don't even see those moments until... It airs. Yeah. And so it's funny to us, too, watching it and playing it back. And um, especially because Mosley, the way he is, because he actually listening 
trying to hear you say that stuff so he can put you on that line and get you right. But, um, dude, it's so funny. And a lot of times, um, those most of the bad moments happen, like, in the first month. You know, yeah. as you, you know, people just coming in, they ain't, they don't really know the culture yet. They're trying to figure it out. And, and it's a competitive environment. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's going to be some blow-ups, some mishaps. But as it goes, all that goes away. We come together, we bond, and that's the journey you see over that time, you know. And so um, it's really it's fun to be a part because I've been doing this so long, um, and I know what the journey is going to be like. But, you know, it's great, man. What they, what they do with that show is amazing, you know, the, from every producer to the writers. I mean, well, not writers, but the guys who, you know, Literally made the show. Yeah. Um, Greg, he's amazing. Adam, amazing. The crew, the film crew, how they edit, how they get certain shots. I mean, we got dudes in there on rollerblades and <laughs> scooters and all type of high-tech cameras and cameras coming from... Oh, my goodness. Dude, it, it is... It, it was crazy. But, um, like I said, you get so used to it. You forget the camera there. Yeah. Like, literally, after the first week of filming, I, I, I forget a mic. I forget the cameras there. Like, I'm talking about stuff I shouldn't even be talking about. <laughs> like, it get real, man. And they do a great job of editing, you know, that stuff out and, and protecting you a little bit. But, no, nah, man, if I, had it, if I had it to do it over 100 times, I'd do it 100 times, man. I love That's it. So is season two out on Netflix now? Go watch it if you haven't yet. Is there any word on a season three? Uh, no, I mean, I don't... They may come back around. Who knows? Yeah. Um, I never say never. But as of now, we're not filming. So, you know, we back to regular now. But our our crowds are amazing now. Everybody, <laughs> like, we got more people coming out and supporting um, you know, and that's that's a great thing in doing a show. You know, you get a, all the support, and now people see what you do and see how good it is, and they want to help. You mm-hmm. know, and they want to come support you and watch you and watch these kids um, go from young men, well, from boys to young men. You know, so it's been good, man. I can't complain. And if a season three comes one day, it comes. Yeah. All right, now we're going into our final segments. Now this segment is called Rhino's Vision. And so what I would like to see, Coach, is you break down in detail um, for the viewer one of your favorite basketball plays. Just a breakdown of how it goes, who's scoring. Was it Joe play or is it a play you coach? Like, I I know the play I want to say, but we still use it, so it's hard. (laughs) I don't want to break it down. Give me another one, then. I'll give you another another one. one. That's Uh, a second. Um, so I, I'll give you one I use um, when I do like these all-American camps or um, like um, these best available camps when I just want to throw a, a play together. So I run a, a, a typical 1-4 high UCLA set. Yep. And then there's it's different ways you can initiate the offense. So with the pass, if I pass it over to my, my a wing, say the right wing, that that right big who's on and you know that one in the in the middle of that high four yeah. set, he goes and pick and roll. Yeah. 
So you got the baseline pick and roll there. These two, including dude that passed the ball with that big, they go set the double for him to come off mm -hmm. in the corner. And he's coming off a curl or a flare, depending on how the defense plays it. So you got multiple options. And as he come off, one guy, the other guy pops whichever opposite of whichever way he goes, which most of the time he's going to pop corner. And one guy sit there and post. Um, but it isolates that pick and roll, mm -hmm. you know, so I love using that set and that's off the pass. You can do it off the dribble, which I can just dribble toward the wing. Mm -hmm. The wing clears out. He becomes the corner man who's going to come off mm -hmm. the double. I still got that pick and roll. Yep. He pops out. And then those two, that wing and that big is, um, making that double pick. And so, um, I love that set because it's just so open. It allows me to put the ball in my playmaker's hand, and he has, like, especially, um, like I said, an open sentence, yeah. man. You know, when you got guys who don't know how to play defense, or if, if, if it's pro league rules, yeah. you know, where guys can't stay in, 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 yeah, in that three-point, in that paint area yeah. um, for three seconds. And so um, I love running that, man. I know, but it's another play, like I said, we use now. And yeah. nobody still can't figure it out and stop it. So. so what's cool is like like we used to use the one for a flat in like BC and we would call it pairs. Mm -hmm. And if I wanted a quick hitter, like the guard would literally pass it to the wing. You see a layer off the 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 big. Mm -hmm. the opposite big and then go and make a U cut for the big on the opposite um free throw line block for a cross screen for an easy lay yeah that would be like my favorite play every time because i just be like la 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 all right, right. Go get you play a possum yeah and then all of a sudden that cross screen, boom it's a layup so, and so the play that i want to say but i can't say yeah. because we use it like and nobody still figure it yep. out it's something like that yep. it's something just <laughs> like that Thank you for that, Coach, no, for, your, for the Rhino's vision. All right, right Jay. We have to give it our own segment. It's going to be a bunch of rapid-fire questions just for our audience to get you in a little bit better. Underdogs Podcast, we got to know what your favorite dog breed is. My favorite dog breed? It's always been a Rottweiler. Okay. Favorite musical artist? It's a tie, man. <laughs> like, it's like a three-way tie with me. Man. Like, like some most times I'm Tupac. A lot of times I'm Nas and Jay Z, you know, like, like I'm I'm right there and Biggie right there, but uh, he just didn't have as much of a catalog, you know. Yeah. But most of the times I'm them, and then when I'm in gangster mode, I'm Nipsey and Jeezy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, favorite shoe, Nike. Favorite city that you've played or coached in. It's a tie. Detroit and L.A., man. I, I love them both to death. Like, I can't separate them. Okay. Who would you put as your best dunker of all time? Best dunker of all time? Depending on if we talking in-game or we talking dunk contest. In-game. In-game, Vince. Okay, what about dunk contest dunk? Jordan. Oh, okay. Yeah. All, right. all right. Outside of coaching and playing basketball, what would you say your favorite hobby is? Dominoes. Dominoes. Okay. Okay. I don't know if I know the right way to play that. I just like knock them all over. We're gonna have to teach you, man. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, you definitely We're gotta gonna have to teach you. And yeah, we might. You might have to watch a domino movie too, just because <laughs> <laughs> we got them. We got movies for them, coach. If you got a movie for them, we made them watch Menace to Society. We made them watch whatever the wood. the wood. 
So if you got any movies, Coach, you got a movie Friday. for him. Yep, Friday. Since we we basketball part, no, no. You know what? I want I want to go back. I want to give you something funny. Harlem Nights. Oh, yeah, Harlem Nights. Harlem Nights at that. Who is your favorite current player? Currently, that's a good question. Currently, I ain't gonna lie, man. I'm I'm starting to favor John Morant, man. That dude. He he's starting to he's starting to like he got that hood to him, bro. Like he don't back down from nobody. Yeah. You know, and I love that as a competitor. You know, um, and I think that's what the NBA missing. Like he's not scared to talk shit to Steph and them. And like, okay, yeah, y'all want it, but I'm coming. You know what I'm saying? I'm right there. We coming. You know, and that's what I love. You know, Phoenix has that sometimes, um, and I thought they were, but. The new kids on the block is them Pelicans, man. Oh, them yeah, Pelicans man. coming, bro. Too. They are coming. And my guy, Willie Green, man. I'm yep. another Detroit yeah, dude. I love seeing what he's done. And, um, you know, he he's from my mentor, too, Perry Watson, man. He played for Perry at UAD. Um, so, man, to see what he's done um, in his young coaching career is amazing, man, how he's brought those dudes together. And I think they're going to be a tough out this offseason. Yeah. They're going to be a tough out, man. It's Them NBA playoffs going to be real. Yeah, they're going to be good. I they saw a tweet earlier today saying that this is the greatest crop of NBA players you've ever seen. The greatest? That's tough, man. Yeah, that is tough. But we <laughs> can't tough. compare eras. But it's just like this is a this is one of the very good eras of, of multiple basketball players. But just to go back to your point about Ja, I feel like he's Allen Iverson with Vince Carter's bounce. Right. That's good comparison. Right. I totally yeah, agree. He got the AI attitude, swagger. Everything. Like, no, like every hood like dude want to be him right now. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, everyone. And it's just like, dude, that dude's special. You know, now unfortunately a lot of what he does right now is off athleticism and you know even though he he has a high iq and he can you know his shooting is getting there and all that but like he hopefully he don't have to go through what derrick rose went through yes you know those injuries and man you know you're not that same guy no more um and that's what's kind of what makes him unbelievably special having that athleticism man is that athleticism, you can't teach that. No, you can't. Like, there's nothing in the book that you can go read and figure out how to do that. Yeah. You know, that burst, that quickness. Um, Plus that confidence he must need to have to be able to go after some of those. Oh, things. yeah, those absolutely. Posters, like, I can't even imagine doing that. That's part of the game, man, having confidence, especially big confidence. The more confidence you got, the better you are off. All right. I mean, that dude is just all out fearless, man. And, yeah. And it's been special to watch, man. Um a lot of times in our generation, man, we don't appreciate greatness while it's happening. Yep. True. You know, yep. we take it for granted, just like LeBron, we take for granted um what he's done and what he's meant to the game and um, you know, a lot of guys, man, and and, and so we think we always gonna see that. Yeah. And then we don't miss it until it's gone. Yeah. You know, so you know. But no, I, I think Ja might be that dude right now for me. Um, before that, I was, I, I was huge. Le, you know, I was LeBron. You know, KD. Like, I'm a big fan of a lot of dudes, man. Free, I, cause I just enjoy the game and, and enjoy watching guys compete. Mm-hmm. You know, um, 
and I, I enjoy guys going after guys' records, you know, record-wise and yeah. championship-wise. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I'm loving what Steph's been doing lately. Um, I love Draymond, you know, just because his toughness and yeah. his willingness to comp- compete with anybody. Um, you know, I, it's just been a joy to watch lately, man. You know, like the overall game and where it's came. And, um, I'm not the huge the biggest NBA fan because I enjoy college ball a lot more because, you know, it's, they just so much more locked in every play. But, you know, NBA, when they get down to them last 20 games in the playoffs, they start locking in and preparing for that run. Yeah. That's the best time to watch it. So out of all the classes of recruiting you've done, <laughs> is there one specific class that you've just been like, that was it? Ooh. I've had some good classes, bro. Like, um, my trade tech year, the year we went like 30, I think we went 35 and 3. Jeez. Um, with JoJo Morgan. He knows JoJo. Mm-hmm. And Mike knows him real because Mike hangs with JoJo, was the state player of the year. Um, that class was really, oh my goodness, it was really good. We averaged 120 points a game. Jeez. And, um, it was just a, a amazing three, show. Yeah, it was a show, bro. Like <laughs> we had all of LA come out all the time. That's dope. Like it was unbelievable. Um, so that that was one. No, just give us one. I can't, man, <laughs> because like like KJ and them class was yeah. amazing. Yeah, you know um, what we did with that group, man. You know, that was a really, really good class. KJ, Malik, Lavelle, Deshaun, mm. um, Joe, like all them dudes, man. That that was a really good group, you know. Um, just toughness, you know. You know, some of them, a lot of them dudes playing pro ball now. And, you know, some of them still in college and getting it in at a high level. Um, that was another one, you know. And then this one I'm currently coaching, man, um, which – um, y'all saw the freshman side. We mm-hmm. had 12 freshmen last wow. year. Um, and so, like, we went 25 and 5, and it felt like failure because with us, it's win it all or yeah. feel like a bust. But actually, to have 12 freshmen and go 25 and 5 and make it to the Sweet 16, yeah. um, it, it was, you know, and now they're back with experience. Um, and that's why we're having the type of year we're having. Um, so this this group up there too, and I'm 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 really um, excited to see how they finish this season off, man. You know, really excited about this group. I think they can, I think they can get it done. I really do. Okay. All right, being from Detroit, where is the best place for Detroit style pizza? Pizza Populous. Pizza Populous. So Pizza Populous is unique. Um, it's Little unique. Caesars. Oh man, Little Pizza Populous is it's like a Chicago style pizza, but oh. you can get almost anything you want in it, and it's amazing, man. So them, and then we got this spot called BC's Pizza that I absolutely love, um, and it's in the hood, you know. So you got yeah. to go in the hood to get Pizza Populous is downtown on the waterfront, you know. You know, good area. Good scenery. Right, good scenery. Um, But, you know, you go to BC's, it's in the hood. Um, It's more of a New York style of pizza, but it's really well made. And 
So I always go try to go to both when I go home, man. And then of course I get my White Castles in because you know I got my White Castles in. But no, them them two are probably the best that I know. Right. Out of all the, the players you've coached, is there one specific guy that you think is like a huge underdog? Huge underdog? The hugest underdog was Joseph Morgan, um, which became a state player of the year. But um, this dude had the most miraculous. Like, he can definitely do be a Netflix story. Beat a double homicide was one of the most ruthless game bangers that you ever heard of. Everybody told us we shouldn't touch him. All type of stuff. Just had uh, history and big time blood, bounty hunter. A history beyond, you know, he was born in it. Father was big time. Like, he ain't had no choice. And so we got him out of it and away from it and showed him this life of basketball, man. And, you know, he trusted, he really trusted me and Coach Mac, um, Mac Wells. Um, who was Coach Richard Wells' nephew. He really trusted us. Um, but we spent so many countless hours with him, getting him to leave street life alone um, and buy into where this basketball stuff could take you. So um, he left that lifestyle, man, and became the, the player of the year in the state. Went on to play Division One basketball. and um, He was on that Morgan State team that lost to um, – Blake Griffin and them when he was at Oklahoma, Oklahoma. in the NCAA yeah. tournament. Okay. Um, goes on to play some overseas, and um, he's back here and, you know, between here and Vegas, and he lives a legal, legit life now, you know, taking care of his family. and uh, Just one of those big-time underdog stories, man. Uh, um, but I got so many of them, but he definitely right there, probably with the best. You know, because cause I knew everything he went through in life. Yeah. The odds he had to beat just to be at Juco, you know, just. And it was amazing to see what he became. It's down to the last two questions. Mine is, what is just your funniest moment in basketball? Ooh-wee. There's so many of them, man. I mean, funniest, funniest, I mean. It's, it's a lot of them. <laughs> it's a lot of them, man. I mean, I think one of them happened this summer. I got my first tech in 20-something years. <laughs> How you do that? How you not get a tech in over 20 years? First I know all. you know Coop. Yep. So, Coop, Coop and Wally don't get along <laughs> at all. So he already gave Wally one tech because Wally moffed it off, right? So it was something wrong with the shot clock. They told us before the game, the rule is play through the shot clock because it's going to go off and don't pay no, it was going off like five seconds early um, or sometime it wouldn't go off. And so the rule was we had to play through it regardless. I guess somebody didn't inform Coop of the rule. And so we shoot. We got the ball. It goes off early, oh. which is cool. We shoot the ball. It hits the rim. We get the rebound. He stops the game, and he rewards the other team the ball. And I'm like, hold on. What's going on? He said, well, the shot clock went off, 
And um, so I'm giving the other team a ball because, you know, the shot clock shouldn't have went on. I said, no, Coop, that's not the route. Like, they told us already the shot clock going to go off to, you know, reward us the ball. So, you know, he's over there trying to get the other team a ball. I said, man, Coop, man, you don't know the goddamn rule. What the fuck is going on? Drink tech. So he, he texts me, right? So after the game, and we end up winning that game by one possession. After the game, I'm at the table outside sitting sitting at one of them picnic tables outside. And um, Coop comes behind me. He said, Ken, man, my bad, bro. <laughs> I said, yo, bad. He said, yeah, man. He said, man, I ain't know that was you talking. I thought that was Wally. I was trying to take him out the game. I said, man. I said, what? He said, yeah, man. I got tired of his mouth. He was on me the whole time. He was like, I was trying to take him out the game, and I had no idea that was you. If it was you, I knew that was your voice, man. I wouldn't even me even oh. you know I would have gave you no tech because you don't never say nothing. And I was just like, oh, wow. And so the whole table just sitting there laughing. And he was just like. Because he was like, he was trying to give him a tech regardless. It wouldn't even matter if he said anything. He was just trying to give him a body. Right. He was trying to get Wally out the gym, man. It was That's hilarious. So that, that was that was the, probably the most recent, one of the most recent funniest things. Oh, that, that was really funny. <laughs> that was funny. All right. We'll wrap the podcast up as we do with every single episode you've done. What is the biggest lesson you've learned throughout your entire journey so far? Biggest lesson is, man, that, you know, life can go any way you want it to go. And it can change at any given moment, man. And um, you just got to learn how to deal with adversity. You know, it's not always going to go the way you want it. Um, Don't have, have expectations, but, you know, don't have expectations to the point where you can't diversify, you know? And so you're going to go through ups, you're going to go through downs, man. Um, you just got to have an even keel and, and learn how to handle it both and have a balance, you know, for everything you put into it, have a way to, you know, have some stress release, um, you know, whatever you may find in life that give you stress relief, figure that out early. It'll help you a ton. Um, and make sure you always keep the ones you love. Um, you know, you're giving them that time. Um, you're trying at least, you know, because um, it's going to help with that stress release and help you balance um, some of the things that we're going to go through. Some of this, it's a it's a journey, man. And it's, you know, it's long when you in the beginning of it and you're looking at it, um, but it goes by so quick, so quick. Um, so that's what I'm learning. I'm, you know, I'm starting to hit the downside of life. You know, when you hit almost hitting 50, you almost hitting that downside and, um, you experience a lot more things in a different way. And so, um, you just got to learn how to embrace it all, man. And, and, and be thankful for it all, you know, thankful you just still here and able, you know? And so that's, you know, kind of where I'm at in mind. Um, I'm just thankful to be here and able and, you know, trying to enjoy it as much as I can while I'm here. So that that would be the advice that I would give anybody, you know. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. That's going to do it for this episode of the Underdogs Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. I will link all of Coach Kent Hunter's information, social media, whatever he wants in it down below. (laughs) So make sure you go and follow him. 
Subscribe, whatever he has. Make sure you watch season two of The Last Chance You. See you guys next week.